0: will be having weekly midweek meetings on Wednesday nights at seven o'clock p.m. Uh, on Facebook Live and and also on Zoom. And there will be an opportunity for more interaction with that. But, but our whole heart as elders is to equip you, the church, to be the church for the world, for each other during this time. And so we're going to be sharing resources. It's going to be a little less formal, and uh, and we're going to be just equipping everybody to be the church together as we go through uh this time in our world this unique time in our world and we believe that god has has a plan for us here god has a desire to grow us deeper and grow stronger because we have unity in christ it's ours for the taking we have we have connection through jesus as we're going to see today in the message so that's going to be wednesdays at seven o'clock p.m I'll, i'll send invitations out via email if you are not on our email list and would like to subscribe, you can go to our website, there's a link on Facebook as well. You can subscribe, give us your email, then we will email you the, the latest uh, news from the church. So I think that's about it. Wednesdays at 7, uh, I encourage, and we, you know, we encourage you to reach out to one another, to share encouragement with one another um, over, over text, over video messaging, uh, safely to, to share and support one another during this time. The elders also want to hear from you. So if you have any ideas about what it looks like to be the church during this strange time that we're living in, we'd ask you to uh, email me at pastor at newlifeinsaratoga.org. Share, uh, share your ideas, share your thoughts. If you're not doing well and you're, you're having a tough time, reach out. You know, we really do care. We're here for you. No, Nothing has changed except for um, the social distancing, but we're still bound together. We're, we're here for you. We want to help in any in any um, emotional, spiritual, practical way that we can during this time. So know that we are here for you and we love you. So today, um, I'd like to welcome our brand new congregants, which are on Facebook right now. So so welcome to uh, the pod congregation, I guess, of, of New Life Fellowship Church. And for all the people from New Life, I heard some of you talking over Zoom earlier. It's good to hear your voices, honestly, very touching, Um I do miss everybody a lot. It's really tough on me and, and the elders not to be in direct uh, face-to-face fellowship with you guys, uh, but it's good to hear your voices. It's an encouragement to me, and uh, you know, we'll be t- talking on Wednesday and having more time together. But I'm humbled and thankful that you've joined me for worship this morning, and lucky you you get to do this in your pajamas. Most of you are probably still in bed on your, on your phone and uh, didn't have to dress up or anything and you're just watching me on the phone. So lucky you. Um, I, I dressed up for you, That was very nice of me, I think. Um, but uh, glad, you, glad you're there, glad you're comfortable. And I have a message that I think God has for us to share uh, with you today from his word. So today we are looking at uh, one of our core values which is that Jesus values empowering and releasing fully devoted disciples in every age of the world. Jesus values mobilizing, empowering, and releasing his devoted disciples in every age. And this is a value that we derive from the Great Commission, Jesus' last words to us before he ascended to the right hand of the Father. So depending on what version of the Bible that you use, uh, that you're reading, There's this phrase in the Bible, in Christ, that appears somewhere between 75 and 87 times in the New Testament. So a simple explanation of what this idea of being in Christ is, is that when a person responds to the good news of Jesus's death, resurrection, and victory over sin and death at the cross and his ascension to God, that when someone responds to this good news, receives this good news, that person becomes saved, and becomes positionally in Christ. It's an amazing thing. We become in Christ when we receive the good news. And when a person is found in Christ, the scriptures teach that that person also receives Christ in them. So double whammy, when you receive the good news, you become in Christ positionally. That's your position. And Christ is received in, in you as well by the filling of his Holy Spirit. The Bible teaches time and time again, everyone who receives and hears the good news receives a deposit of the Holy Spirit guaranteeing their inheritance. It's our birthright as believers in Jesus, or, or our um, born-again right, I should say, right? This is uh, this is what baptism is all about. And uh, that ba- baptism is described in Romans 6, that when we are baptized and plunged underneath The waters. We are becoming united with Christ in his death. We're fully buried in the water. And then we come out of the water in a symbol of his resurrection. We're identified with him in his death, in his resurrection. And then uh, we go forward to live a new life in him. We are identified with Christ. We're saying we are in Christ in his death and his resurrection. It's this outward sign that we're in him and that he is in us by his spirit. And from that time on, by faith, we count ourselves as dead to sin and also dead to the basic, preset, well-worn patterns of the world that we live in. Uh, We are united with Jesus in a death to sin, in a death to the basic principles and pattern of the world we live in. By faith, we count ourselves as alive in Christ Jesus and the reality of his kingdom which is already here among us since Jesus came to earth, but is not yet fully realized. So there's this idea that that, um, when we come to Christ, we count ourselves as dead to sin, dead to the well-worn paths of society, and alive to faith in Christ, identifying with him fully in every part of our lives. It's a radical thing that we are living in his kingdom from that time forward. And we are so fully convinced of this idea and the security of being in Christ that when a person who is in Christ dies and and they drift away from the the tent of a human body that they live in, because they're in Christ, they will rise with Christ to dwell in God's fully realized kingdom forever, along with God's people in Christ. This is just a small sampling of what it means to be in Christ. That we are, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ because we're in Christ. Nothing can, not even death or anything can separate us from because we're in Christ. It's a secure position to be in. And this is just barely scratching the surface of this idea of being in Christ. But it's an idea that everyone in the early church and the scripture in the New Testament believed very solidly. They were so confident of the idea of being in Christ that they were able to, even if they had had done horrible things in their life, murder, you know, in in the case of the apostle Paul, um, you know, all these wicked acts, they were able to say, look, now that I've received the gospel, I count myself as dead to those things. and I'm alive in Christ and their faith that they were in Christ allowed them to move forward, to forget what was behind and grab hold of what was ahead. It's a very hopeful thing. So no matter how far someone has slipped, uh, before they came to faith in Christ, uh, they were able to totally overcome that by this, this belief in Jesus' righteousness and being in him. So I believe this about our position in Christ, about being in Christ. And if you're a follower of Jesus, who's accepted the free gift of grace, even if you haven't understood this concept before, you believe this as well. You are in Christ and nothing can separate you from Christ. Or, and here's a really key thing for us at this time, or from the other people who are also in Christ. When you are in Jesus Christ, you cannot be separated from him by anything, and you also cannot be separated from your brothers and sisters who are also in Christ by anything. And what this means practically for us this morning, and for however many more Sunday mornings we have like this, um, where... Where there is appropriate social distance and, and the pain of physical absence, we are actually joined together in a very unshakable way through our proximity of heart in Christ. And for this reason, you and I are joined together, knit together in Christ this morning. Uh, my fellow pastoral elder Jason uh, shared on our elders' call, he said, it really struck me, if you had heart proximity, with someone before this social distancing thing happened, if you had a relationship with someone, yeah, you need to get creative in how you connect with them. But do not be discouraged and deceived into thinking that you are disconnected from your church family or from your brothers and sisters in Christ. That that nothing can separate us from one another, nothing can separate us from Jesus. In life, in physical separation, in the afterlife, we are all bound together in Christ and knit together into this spiritual family uh, piled like living stones by God with Jesus as our cornerstone, uh, placed together by God in a bo- what he calls a body with Christ as the head. We are connected, and we, we just need to get creative in how we express this and follow all the precautions we're being given. But we are unshakably together this morning, unshakably so, because we are in Christ. I hope that gives you confidence today as you think about uh, this time that we're living in. We are connected at the heart level. In the early days of the church, directly after Christ resurrected and ascended to God, the church was able to basically stay in one place, I don't know if you knew that, in Jerusalem, and they got to worship on set days in set places each week, such as in the temple or in the regular house-to-house fellowship that um, the people were known for at that time. Life was very regular, and the reason was because the Roman authorities, who had colonized Jerusalem, uh, gave a special exception to Jewish people that they were able to worship without being uh, harassed by the Roman authorities. They were given a special deal, and the Romans considered that the Christians, the new followers of the Way, were a sect of Judaism, and so they left the Christians alone for a long time in the beginning of the church. They were just considered to be other Jews uh, in, in the city. All that changed though in Acts 7 and 8, after the martyr, the murder of Stephen at the hands of Saul and the Sanhedrin. It says in Acts 8:1, on that day a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. So in a very real way, the church went from regular worship, regular worship times in the temple, regular house-to-house fellowship, comfortable protected to this persecution, and everybody got scattered except for the apostles. That event must have just felt senseless and plain painful to the Christian community. This beloved and faithful man in the church, Stephen, who was just loved by all and respected, was murdered in front of them, and all of a sudden, the church could not gather in the same ways as they had gathered before, the ways they enjoyed in Jerusalem, in the temple, In their houses. They couldn't gather in large groups because the the threat was too great as to um, being persecuted and harassed. Everything in the early church through this persecution was disrupted, and people were separated from one another and made to live in different places. Everything fell apart. as far as we might look at from the world's point of view. But these young Christians had something amazing going for them. They had a very recent set of memories about what it meant to be the church and where the power was in the church. They had, these people had firsthand memories of the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came and filled everyone, And they began to speak in other languages as the spirit enabled them to the point where all these people who were gathering in Jerusalem from out of town who spoke all these different languages, they all heard the gospel, the good news in their own language because the Holy Spirit fell so powerfully on the early church and enabled them to do this. So these these Christians who were being scattered, who had lost this dear man, Stephen, who were being persecuted, had this recent memory of the power of the Holy Spirit and what the spirit could actually do. think about that, these Christians had a recent memory of the signs and wonders which accompanied the preaching of the good news of people being healed of their various sicknesses, of physical and spiritual blindness, forgiven of their sins, delivered from spiritual oppression, restored to worship God after a lifetime of separation um, for people with various skin diseases who were not allowed to come and interact with anybody in society. They were loners. Jesus would heal them, restore them, not only to society, but to the temple, to worship, restoring their life with God. The the young church had a recent memory of not only Pentecost, but of the signs and wonders that accompanied the gospel. They also had more recent memories of of Jesus, both in his physical presence with them, and also the memories of the works of his Holy Spirit, which is Jesus' continued work through that early church, his continued work in their community, in their world after Jesus ascended to God. So the church had all this going for them at the time. Though they were scattered, though they were persecuted and had to move to different places and had to not meet together regularly like they were used to, they had going for them this testimony. You know, God comes through. God's in control. God has a plan. They'd seen what God could do. And I want to use that image of scattering this morning that took place in Acts 7 and 8. It has repeated itself throughout Christian history to encourage you this morning. The scattering I want to use as an encouragement for you this morning. I, I would go further and say to you this morning confidently, Jesus says, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Every time the church has been scattered and pushed out of its comfortable routine in society, if that church will remember the good news of Jesus' death, resurrection, and victory at the cross, that they will remember the continued work of Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit, both as recorded in Scripture, in the book of Acts, but also in church history, and also in our own lives, in the midst of our own people in worship here at New Life. If we will remember these things, then we can receive the blessing of Christ's church and everyone who is a part of it. And that blessing is that every time the church is scattered, for whatever reason, the church grows stronger. It's a fact. Every time the church is scattered by something, whether it be plague, famine, persecution, whatever it might be, poverty, the church grows stronger. It's a a fact of history. Every time the church is scattered, it grows stronger, but only if they remember Jesus only if they remember the testimony of what the Holy Spirit has done and will continue to do. If they keep that in their minds, the church grows stronger. These early Christians who were scattered by persecution, the reason that the church grew stronger during this time, because they remembered, oh yeah, Jesus, he died. For three days he was buried, he rose again. The temple curtain was torn in two. The stone was rolled away. We, we saw him. He appeared to us over a long period of time. Then he ascended to the Father. We remember that. We remember when he told us to wait in Jerusalem for the gift that the Father would give. We remember sitting in that upper room, waiting, praying. And then the Spirit fell on us. We saw the power of the Spirit. We went from freaked out to bold really quick. We started speaking the gospel to other people in languages we didn't even understand, but they heard and they turned to God. They received the good news. We remember that. We remember uh, the amazing miracles that were wrought. We remember uh, the healing of, of blindness, of the, of the healing of lepers, and the restoration of outcasts to society. We remember our own sin, and then the, the ways that we had separated from God, murdered, uh, lied, killed, all those things, and how God in Christ covered our sins. We remember this, and this strengthened them. And through that scattering, the church was strengthened. And I would tell you today, if you remember Jesus, if you remember Jesus, this church will be strengthened in our day as well. Every time the church is scattered, it strengthens when it remembers Christ. And every time the church scatters and remembers Jesus, the church receives power. The church receives power. And I'm not talking about political power and strength. I'm not talking about financial power and strength. I'm not talking about power and influence as the world defines it. But I'm telling you, whenever the church is scattered, if they will remember Christ, what he did and what he desires to continue doing, then we can experience what the Bible calls power, dunamis, this powerful work of the Holy Spirit among us. If we will remember what Jesus can do. Every time the church scatters, If they remember Jesus, then they will be empowered by the same Spirit that raised Christ to life, to continue doing the works of the kingdom and thus spreading the good news and teachings of Jesus far and wide by the power of the Holy Spirit and the authentication of the the miracles that he brings. And what Jesus says to us this morning is, take courage in this time. It is me. Don't be afraid. What the enemy means for evil, I will use for the good of those who love me, and are called according to my purpose in the world. So I encourage you, take heart. New Life Fellowship, take heart. Church of Saratoga Springs and podcast audience, whoever's listening during this time of physical separation during this this pandemic, take heart. Because whatever scatters us, if we remember Jesus, we have an opportunity to see the power of God demonstrated in our households, in our webs of relationships, our friends, among our families, and for the world that Jesus loves and came down to deliver and save. If we will remember, we will remember Jesus, this time of scattering will strengthen the church, the big C church, the little C church. If we remember Jesus and hold on to him, we will be strengthened. The disciples scattered in fear when Jesus died on the cross. They didn't know about Easter. They thought the whole production that they had been on for three years of Jesus was over. They forgot Jesus. They forgot everything Jesus had been telling them over and over and over again. Jesus predicted that he would be delivered into the hands of evil men. He predicted that he would be murdered, that he would die, and he predicted that he would rise again. He shared this message with the disciples multiple times, but they forgot. They forgot the message completely, and they scattered and hid for three days after Jesus died on the cross. They forgot Jesus, and they scattered and hid. And that is something that I think we are in real danger of, my friends. If you do not remember what Jesus said to us when he physically separated from this earth and sent his spirit into all of his followers, then you and I are in danger of doing what everyone else is doing these days. Not just being wise and practicing social distancing, which, is, which I recommend completely, along with any other guidelines the governor gives us, but actually hiding in your house. Not just separating, but hiding in your house. Panicked full of fear, believing that somehow that this church thing is over, you know? Whatever we were doing here, it's over. If we do not remember Jesus and what he said to us before he left, then we are in danger, not just of social distancing, but of hiding, cowering in fear and panic, you know, collapsing into a Netflix and chill cocoon. We have to remember Christ if we are to reap the benefits of the scattered church. Remember, every time, every time the church is scattered, for whatever reason, if they will remember Jesus, then they have an opportunity to see the power of God demonstrated in their lives, in their households, in their webs of relationships and friends among their families and for the world that Jesus came, died, and rose again to save. And that incomparable power of God, the Bible says, that dunamis power of God is the same as the mighty strength God exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the age to come. That is the same dunamis powerful spirit that you have within you If you believe in the good news of Jesus, the scriptures teach that the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ to life will also give life to you. Every time the church scatters, if they remember Jesus and his powerful ongoing work, they will see the power of the Holy Spirit break out among them, continuing the works of Christ in a new generation, in a new time, in a new scenario, in a new epoch of history. When all hope is lost is God's specialty. When all hope is lost is God's specialty. We see it all through the Old and New Testaments, even unto the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Look in the time, in the time of Judges in different places in the scriptures. Look at, look at um, uh, when Israel was enslaved in Egypt and, and, and Moses was leading them towards the sea and the army was chasing after them. All hope was lost. When Jesus died on the cross, all hope felt lost. That's God's specialty. That's God's specialty when all hope is lost. If we will remember Jesus, the church will grow in power during this time of separation. Because every time the church scatters, it grows and it strengthens if it focuses on Christ. So yeah, stay socially distanced for the good of everyone in our community, but do not hide during this time of pandemic or you will miss out on the inheritance of God's church that he promises. So what were those closing words of Jesus that he left that we shouldn't shouldn't forget? Just before Jesus physically separated from his followers and ascended to God, Jesus gave some final instructions to his disciples to remember. And this time, the disciples listened and remembered because they'd seen the risen Christ. So in Matthew 28, 16 to 20, This passage doesn't say that Jesus has some power. It says that he has all power and all authority. Though Jesus is not physically present because it was, um, you know, it was better in God's eyes to send the Spirit into all these Christian believers than for Jesus to stay on the earth. So Jesus' full authority, his full power is now given to his followers who are filled with his Spirit to continue his work during this time, to continue Jesus' powerful ministry. So God's plan A is not for him to continue doing his ministry through Jesus or directly, but for us who are filled with Jesus's dunamis, powerful spirit to continue doing his ministry until he comes again, making disciples of everybody as we go about our lives, as we go about this unique time in history, teaching them to fully identify with Christ's life, death and resurrection and baptism, and then teaching everyone, everything Christ taught and continues to teach by his spirit to everyone who we talk to, text with, video chat with. And the promise of Jesus to Christians in every age, no matter what their times are, he promises that he is with us even to the end of the age, even to the end of the age. So now, now is the time to be the church, to rise up. You are the body of Christ. You are God's plan A to bring his good news to the world. And though we remain physically separated, I encourage you, do not hide from the Holy Spirit or from other people. Whenever the church scatters, it grows more powerful to save. So join this fearless crew who refuses to be slaves to fear and dread. Not even death can stop those who are in Christ. Get creative. Use all the technologies at your disposal with wisdom in order to continue to show God's power to the world. You contain the mystery of God, which was hidden for generations, but is now revealed. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, in the same spirit that raised Christ to life, dwells within you to continue doing the powerful work of Jesus. Remember Jesus during this time. Don't forget. Don't hide as you're social distancing. Fully engage. Open yourself to the work of the Holy Spirit. Every time the church is scattered like it is now, it grows if it will remember Jesus. And the power of God is shown. What is God going to do through this? Well, I don't know. But we have to be open to the work of the Holy Spirit. We have to not forget. We must not run and hide, but, but go forward and receive everything the Father has for us during this time. Join me in prayer and let's, let's seek the Holy Spirit this morning for an equipping. The Holy Spirit says to his church, Saratoga Springs, New Life Fellowship, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. But the enemy means for evil. I'm going to work for the good of those who love me and are called according to my purpose, for the good of the world which I came to love and save Father God, in this time of scattering, I pray that you'd remind us of the truth of the power of Jesus Christ, of his life, his death, his resurrection, of the sending of the Holy Spirit, and the truth that each of us who trust and have accepted the gospel are now filled with the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ to life, the same Spirit that enabled him to do the amazing ministries he did, the powerful ministries, that that same spirit is in each of us. And I pray right now for everyone who's listening to this broadcast, that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit, God. Your dunamis, power, spirit. That they would feel the difference of a spirit that doesn't make them a slave again to fear, but a spirit that cries out, Abba, Father, Father God. A spirit of of sound mind, of self-discipline. And I pray that, Lord, as we, as we are scattered, that we would not hide, Lord, but that we would engage fully with you, we yield ourselves to you during this special time in history. Seek what your spirit has to bring and minister in the power of Jesus Christ like never before, God. And I pray that as we call up people and we offer to pray for them in Jesus' name that we would see miracles during this time. God, that we'd see testaments to your power that would authenticate the truth of the gospel message and lead many people to come to know Jesus. I pray in our own lives that we would experience breakthrough during this time, God, that far from hiding, we'd engage with your spirit, that we'd be delivered from things that are binding us, God. We thank you for for just this, this, this ability to come to you together in one heart, one spirit though we are scattered, we trust and we believe, we've seen evidence that you're going to grow us, that you're going to strengthen us, empower us, mobilize us for what's coming next in history. We trust you, God. We trust you. We pray that you bring renewal and revival, God. The power of the Spirit would be made evident. I pray that our love would be made known to everybody. pray that we would be able to be gentle and loving with everybody in our families and outside of our families because of the belief that you are near. I pray that our love would not grow cold, that we would not become the zombies just watching watching us television all day long and disengaged hiding, but that we would engage God during this time and find the treasure that you've hidden for us. We thank you for your faithfulness, God, to the church. We thank you for the commission that Jesus Christ gave to each of us to be a priest, to go into all the world as we go, to teach everything that you've commanded, to teach people to identify with Christ fully, and to trust that you're with us, even to the end of the age. For New Life Fellowship, God, I pray your blessing on each one. For the Church of Saratoga Springs, I pray your blessing on each church fellowship. The church in New York State, the church in North America, and the church, and the whole world. We lift them up, Jesus, that they would be empowered. You'd bring renewal. you bring revival. For we know that through these scattering times, your power is made evident. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to the day when I look into the, your eyes and not into the lens of a camera. But may the Lord bless you, keep you, shine his face upon you, and give you peace. And may you find refuge in the everlasting arms of the one who called you by name. In Jesus' name, amen.